following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. All right, let's talk about our church this morning. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says this. It says that we should, as a church, be of one mind, united in thought, and be united, united in what? What's the other one? <clears throat> What's it say? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. In purpose? Your Bible say purpose? Anybody got something else? Judgment? Okay. That's fine. It says, be in one mind. I think sometimes we look at the early church and we think to ourselves, man, that's a good church. That's a good place to point back to. But if we look at it, the early church really wasn't that great. I don't know if you knew this or not. But we're doing a lot better than the early church was doing. The early church had tons of problems. Sexual uh, impurities. Eh, We got that. Uh, Problems with people contributing. Eh, We got that. Persecution from the outside. We don't really have that. There's not anybody uh, kind of pushing back against us yet, right? Yet. I said yet. Say yet. Lean into your neighbor and say yet. There's nobody pushing into us just yet. It's coming. It's coming. But not yet. I read this quote just the other day. It says, when the preferences of the church members are greater than their passion for the gospel, the church is dying. How's that resonate with you? Are we dying or are we living? If I look back at the history of Community Gospel Church, this is a church that has been okay with change. Did you know that? We've been okay with change. I don't know if you guys knew this, but you've changed a lot. You changed your sanctuary three times. You went from chairs to pews, actually. Uh, You went from red carpet to gray carpet. You guys have changed a lot. And we'll continue to change. Because God calls us to change. As a matter of fact, what his word says is he wants us to conform more to his image. He wants us to be in one mind. One of the things I love about our church is we don't have worship wars. We've gotten to the point, to the place that uh, we sing a song together. We sing what God is doing in our hearts, in our lives. We, think, we sing the theology that's in the, in the text. And as we look at this, we realize that being in one mind means that we have to continue to conform to Jesus Christ and live out our vision. Our vision at Community Gospel Church is very simple. We want to make Jesus Christ's name known both near, locally, and far. One of the things that I'm seeing, though, is that far isn't necessarily to the ends of the earth. In other words, it's not necessarily Japan, or it's not necessarily um, all the way over in Australia, although I would love to go to Australia. I think that'd be cool. Those people talk pretty awesome, and if I spent enough time there, I could come back and talk to you guys like Australians, and that'd be pretty, pretty sweet, all right? And then you'd listen a little bit more, because you'd be like, where do you pick up an accent? But I look at it, and I realize that far is South Bend. Far is Mishawaka. Far is Indianapolis. Because I don't know if you knew this or not, but people have stopped sending missionaries 
across the sea, and they've started sending them here. Did you know that? Did you know that foreign countries have stopped sending missionaries to these tribes, and they've started saying America needs Jesus more than anybody else, so let's send people there. So far isn't necessarily anymore all the way across the world, although it is for us too as well. But far for us is a reach. And how far is community gospel's reach? We'll get there in a little bit. But we have a vision to make Jesus Christ known both near, close to us, and far away from us. And the way that we do that is we do exactly what Proverbs tells us to do. And we say without a vision, the people will perish. So without our little vision statement of making Christ known both near and far, we don't really have anything. We don't have much. But with a vision statement, we have, a, we have a lot. Now, this is the reason why Community Gospel Church, maybe you didn't know this or not, but this is the reason why our vision statement is to make Jesus Christ known both near and far. This is why we have that vision. First of all, it increases morale and it reduces frustration. When I first stepped into uh, being a lead pastor, there was a lot of frustration in our congregation because we didn't know who we are. Things were all over the place, and and we looked at it, and it was kind of like somebody had picked up a bunch of uh, uh, dominoes, and they just kind of thrown them all over the floor, and we had to pick up each and every single one of those little dominoes and put them back on the table, and we had to line them up so that we could push one, and it starts momentum, and everybody knows what happens with dominoes, right? It was, cool. And then what do you have to do after that? You have to set them back up. <laughs> now you can set them back up one by one, or you can set them up as a group. And we get to push the dominoes over again if we work together as a team and as a group. And that's what we've done as we've made Christ known both near and far. As we've equipped people to come together, to pick up the dominoes so that we can sit back together and we can push the dominoes and we can go, whoa, cool, ding, and everybody's like, that's neat, that's awesome. I was going to set up a bunch of dominoes uh, this Sunday, but then I realized uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it increases morale and it reduces frustration. I don't know if you know this, but we don't look really frustrated anymore. We kind of look like we know what we're doing. We... We're not really bumming out anymore. We, we looked at it, and we're, we're kind of excited about what God is doing. I mean, we had over 60 people get baptized in the past year and a half. We, we kind of celebrate something like that, right? I mean, we kind of get excited about something like that, right? 2014, I'm going to get you excited. It's my whole goal. To help us see what God is doing and what he's, what he's going to continue to do. It does the second thing, though. It attracts cooperation. I don't know if you knew this or not, but... People talk to me in the community. I'm not that unapproachable. And they walk up to me and they say, hey, Jordan, tell me what's going on with your church. <laughs> I said, I don't know. We got some weird people there. <laughs> I said, no, seriously, tell me what is, is going on at Community Gospel Church. Something is different. And people more and more every single week want to sit down with me and ask me what is going on with our church. I can only give them one answer. We're focused on making Jesus Christ known both near and far. Our eyes are specifically set on the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He didn't stay dead. He rose again. He's ruling and reigning still, and he's the only authority in our lives, and 
We are, and I just talked to somebody about this a little, little bit ago, we are a non-denominational, independent, Bible-teaching church. And for some reason in America, we are missing Bible-teaching churches. And the more we point back to Scripture... And the more we point back to God's word and what it says, the more people are attracted to us. Because while the Bible is offensive, the Bible is very freeing. And even though God looks at us and he says, these are your offenses, he also gives us a remedy for that. So we have seen marriages restored. We have seen homes restored. We have seen children restored. We have seen people who have rallied around what it means to make Christ known near and far. And what happens is other people who are near to us and who are far to us are watching us and they're saying, what is going on in your church? And I said, it's all the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be a part of it, then you've got to get involved. You have to get involved. I feel sorry for some of you who just simply sit in the pews on Sunday mornings because you are missing what God is doing at Community Gospel Church because Sunday morning is just a small tidbit of what is taking place Monday through Saturday. And it's awesome to watch. Just in the past year, we've seen 19 out of our 35-year goals met. We hired some new staff members. We've seen the elder board go from a couple of guys to a whole lot of guys. We've seen the deacon board do the same thing. And these aren't just ordinary men. Somebody asked me at the beginning of the year, they said, what will you do if you don't find elders? Because there was only three of us. What will you do if you don't find men to go in that position? I said, God will provide there. They said, you have a lot of faith. I said, I don't have a choice. (laughs) And he says, what will you do? I said, God will provide. He will take care of his church if we are truly living on the vision of making Jesus Christ known near and far. And we watched all these guys step up and say, I'll do that. I'll lead with you. I believe in that vision. I believe that we should make Christ known both near and far. I believe in that. I'll serve with you. And something has happened. And I don't know if you've realized it or not, but we used to have this coarse joking that kind of went through our church where uh, elder and deacon was a role where people would look at and they would say, oh, nobody in their right mind wants to be an elder. Nobody in their right mind wants to be a deacon. And we eliminated that talk from people's mouths because it is an opportunity to be a leader of God's church. You can clap. It doesn't bother me. And let me tell you something, as these guys, these overseers have stepped up and kind of started paving the way, they're on point. And they scare me, and I love it. They're doing a wonderful job. They're doing a phenomenal work. We've only had one meeting. (laughs) See, I can say that. So we look at this, and we realize that we're going to continue to make Jesus Christ known both near and far. And I want you to crank into your outline, and you're also going to want to make sure that you have your slip uh, handy this morning, too, as well. Okay? Because we're going to take uh, our offering at the end, and I'm going to challenge you this morning to really be a part of Community Gospel Church in a couple of ways. A couple of passages of scripture as we look at some of these things. Philippians chapter 3, am I focusing all my energies on this one thing? I want to forget the past. I want to look forward to what lies ahead. Lamentations chapter 3, let's examine our ways and let's test them, and then let's return to the Lord. So this morning we're going to examine our ways, we're going to test them, And we're going to return always, like we do, to the Lord. And we're going to make Jesus Christ known, both near and far. The Constitution of Community Gospel Church, which is ironclad, 
I tell you what, somebody really knew what they were talking about when they wrote our Constitution. I mean, it is almost like the Lord himself just anointed that document. It has stood the test of 40 years. There's a couple of things we need to change wording-wise in it, but for the most part, it's, it's solid. And we look at that Constitution, we realize that this is where we're at as leadership. The Constitution states the pastor shall have oversight of the church, develop its ministry vision and thrust, its evangelical vision and thrust, its community outreach vision and thrust, its administrative and organizational structure. That's a lot. That's, that's, that's me. So somebody said, let's make the pastor do everything. And I'm okay with that. Um, and he says, it continues, it says, the elder board is going to assist the pastor. Oh, okay. Got it. In these areas, and tend particular to the areas of spiritual impact and need. Now watch how God has worked through this in the past year and where we're at. Like I said, we biblically affirmed and appointed some new elders. And one of the goals that we had in the past five years was, or, or as we looked for the, for the five years coming up was, we wanted to see elders chair committees. In other words, we, we wanted to share leadership. And so we've equipped a couple of guys uh, to do this. Dale Graham, uh, our first one, owns that committee number one on your, on your, on your slip. He uh, oversees the missions committee. Regardless of popular belief, the missions committee is a committee. And if you look at the screens, you'll see that this is the start of our organizational structure. As we put the dominoes back on the table, this is how our church works. This is how our church is organized. This is how our church kind of functions, okay? At the very top of our church are the elders. I'm an elder of the church. We have the elders here. You guys want to stand up? Go ahead, stand up real quick. If you're an elder of the church, look at him pop up. You want to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There, that's easy. <laughs> okay, there's the elders, and if you see, this is kind of what they are in charge of. Okay, so Dale oversees our missions committee, and the missions committee is currently in the process of evaluating to see if our missionaries live on the same vision that we live on. We want to know if those guys are making Christ known both near and far. Now, a vision is freeing. Proverbs tells us this. A vision is freeing because it allows you as a church to say no. Regardless of contrary belief, it is okay to say no. Look at your neighbor and say no. That wasn't that hard, was it? Now tell them like you mean it. Go, no. I ain't going to do that. I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, I asked them if they would do something for me. I said, hey, would you do this thing for me? And they looked at me and they're like, well, and they're kind of a little timid about it. So I realized that they were having problems telling me no. I put my arm on the table. I said, hey, tell me no. And they're like, well, I just don't feel like God's calling. I didn't say that. I said, tell me no. No, not going to do it. That felt good. Right? Because if it's not something that points people back to knowing Jesus Christ, then it's not something that we're interested or, or we're, I don't want to say care about, but it's not something that we choose to do. There's probably another church down the road that's doing that thing. But we want to make Jesus Christ known both near and far, so we have to evaluate our missionaries, as Dale is doing with the, with the missions committee, and we're seeing uh, where these people are at, what their needs are, and how to connect those people to our congregation. I will be completely blunt with you. It is impossible to connect 16 missionaries to a congregation of 200 people. It's impossible. If you truly, genuinely have an interest in our missionaries making Jesus Christ known very far away, then you need to be on the missions committee. 
If that's a passion of yours, some people have told me, well, we don't really hear a lot about our missionaries. And the funny thing is our missionaries, as we talk to them, they're like, you guys got to keep doing what you're doing because you're making Jesus Christ known in your community and we're doing the same thing over here and you guys got to keep kind of at that. Sometimes we look at it and we think, man, they're probably upset. When missionaries come off the field and sit in our congregation, they like to sit in our congregation because I don't know if you knew this, but they don't go to church a whole lot because they're too busy leading congregations. It's the same if I'm on vacation. One time, Bethany and I, we went to Florida. We were on vacation. We're sitting in the back, and the pastor, there's a couple of people who were there, you know, probably 20, 30 people in the congregation. He finds his way back. He says, hey, what's your name, brother? I said, my name's Jordan. He says, man, it's great to have you here. A little southern accent. That's my best stab at it. And I said, I said, man, it's great to be here. He says, what do you do for a living, brother? I said, I preach, you know, I'm a pastor. He says, oh, God bless you. That's a great profession. No, duh. We're in the same thing, right? <laughs> So he looks at it and he says, man, I'm just so excited for you. And he goes up there and preaches his sermon. And then at the end, he does something that I didn't want him to do. He says, Brother Jordan from uh, Bramman, Illinois is back there. And uh, we like him to pray and close the service. Brother Jordan would not like to do that. (laughs) See, because I just wanted to be a part of that congregation. And I think... We miss that sometimes our missionaries want to do the same thing. And we connect with them and we, we talk to them and we evaluate if they really have something to communicate. And as they communicate to us, we want to know their stories of how they're making Jesus Christ known both near and far. We want to see the lives of people that they're touching. And so we'll evaluate them this year. And if you want to be a part of that, like I said, you have your slip right in front of you. You need to check off the missions committee. We desperately need people to join the missions committee to take care of our missionaries. Second committee that we look at is we see is an inreach committee. My wife has kind of spearheaded this. Bethany's a little busy. <laughs> and we looked at the inreach committee and um, some of the things that we've seen as the inreach committee and as we looked at some of these things, there's the reasons that we had Christmas trees up here in December. And I don't know if you knew this, but there's, they're the reason why we don't have Christmas trees right now. There were people here yesterday who were serving and taking down decorations, and this committee is striving to take care of our congregation. We're seeking more ways that we could take care of our congregation, and we've placed Vance Caesar, who's one of our elders, in front of that committee so that he could lead them, and we didn't really realize it, but he's the only guy on the committee. I don't know if he likes that or not, but I'm not really a fan. I'm like, we should get some more guys to help out in that committee. Some of you guys are like, I don't know. Hanging out with girls isn't a bad thing, okay? They're all taken, but, you know, it is what it is. But we look at the inreach committee, and we realize in the book of Acts, the people took care of, why do we have an inreach committee? The people took care of other people in the congregation. It says they sold their possessions. They gave as they needed. They took care of the congregation. That's the whole point of the inreach committee is to take care of the congregation. The inreach committee is at the point where it, it, it's, it's seeking if it's going to divide into two groups because there's so many responsibilities within that one area. If you have a passion to take care of people, if you'd like to get to know the guy who sits across the aisle from you, if you'd like to get to know the, the couple that sits across uh, the way from you, then the inreach committee is something you need to be a part of. 
As God's speaking to your heart this morning, the reason we're, we're doing this is to show you the status of our church, but also to get you to serve. We want to see you guys serve. We want to see you plug in. Uh, it's, it's not just knowledge in our mind of what we have learned from the scriptures. It's what we are applying that knowledge to. We need to understand how important it is to serve in our congregation because it helps us learn more about what we know from what we read in the text. Go out and feed the poor. Okay, makes sense. I understand that I have to do that. But when I am faced with the poor who are standing right in front of me and feeding them, it's a whole different scripture than it was when I was sitting at my counter reading it. Take care of the person who sits across from you. Get to know the person who is in front of you. Get to know the person who is behind you. Well, that's easy to say from the pulpit, but it's a little bit different when we, when we go at that, when we do that specific task. We need people like that. We've moved life groups out of Cindy's responsibilities and we've moved them into Jonathan's responsibilities. The reasons we did that is that life groups is a huge, huge ministry. And I don't know if you know this, but Jonathan and I are friends. Did you guys know that? Did you know that? I'm friends with all the staff. And we look at this and we realize that I don't know if, if you knew this either, but Jonathan's wife is pregnant. Can somebody explain how that happens? Just kidding. Don't explain it. Different sermon for a different day. But we would like to keep him around. And we understand that Jonathan's finishing up school and we're trying as a, as a body of believers to figure out how we can bring him in full time. And as he starts to take over life groups and pastor specific leaders and group members, we're evaluating whether or not he is a pastor, whether or not he is a shepherd, whether or not he's somebody who can diligently lead the flock. Small groups are specifically anchored in relationships where couples are in desperate need of counseling, and that is something that he knows a little bit about. If you'd like to lead a life group, if you'd like to be involved in a life group, if you would like to contribute in that area, you gotta, you gotta check that off. A life group is something that takes a relationship to another level. Now, one of the things that we're looking at in regards to life groups is we would like to see them set up regionally. The reason behind a regional life group is because if we really want to change Bremen, if we really want to change Napanee, if we really want to change Mishawaka, South Bend, if we ever want to reach into those communities, do you know that a healthy church is a pregnant church? A healthy church is one that reproduces. If we're ever going to reproduce as a church, because let me tell you something, this is a long way off, but this is something I think about all the time. I drive through the city of South Bend and God constantly whispers in my ear, there needs to be a Bible teaching church here. And it's not in the good part of town. There needs to be a Bible teaching church here. And I'll tell you what, my heart breaks for those people who are there. If we ever want to reach people, we have to equip our people to be in their towns and their communities. We have to equip our people to be a part of that, to serve in that. One of the things that we did this year that I thought was really cool was we did the fireman's parade. 
Somebody told me after the firemen's prayed, they looked at me and they said, Jordan, Community Gospel Church has never been a part for a long time that they could remember that parade. And they said, it is amazing that Community Gospel Church is checking into Bremen again. And we are. And we're checking into Mishawaka. And we're checking into South Bend. We're checking all over these, these things. The, the last committee that we have there for you is a prayer committee. <clears throat> I don't know why this has taken so long to implement. But it has. We must, church, be a church of prayer. It breaks my heart that we have prayer in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings and there are one to two people in the pews. For some reason, we've looked at prayer and we've thought it to be something that's boring. And let me tell you something, I've been in some boring prayer meetings, amen? But prayer is something, and this is something passionate to John Andrews' heart, that we need to reignite for our church. We need to have people praying before the service starts. We need to have people praying before our Club Elevate programs start. We need to have people praying before small groups meet. We need to have a a prayer room set up in our church that's open 24-7 because we are a safe haven. We are a lighthouse to our community. And I don't know if you know this, but we're located in the middle of nowhere. And people need to have the opportunity to enter into a church freely, to speak to their God freely, so that they can be restored freely and not have our church locked down like Fort Knox. Our church spends too much time sitting dormant and empty. It needs to be flourishing and freeing. We got to get to the point to where we're open 24-7. So we look at that and we realize that there needs to be prayers that are echoed. So you have four committees there. If you don't serve at Community Gospel Church, or if you'd like to serve a little bit more at Community Gospel Church, we want you to go ahead and we want you to check off one of those boxes. If the Holy Spirit speaking to you says, yep, that's you, that's exactly who you are, that's exactly what you're gifted at doing, go ahead and check that off. And this is how this works. When you fill out one of those cards at Community Gospel Church, what takes place is it goes into the office, actually it goes into the offering, goes into the office. When it goes into the office, it gets sorted out via whoever needs to get it. Okay, so if you sign up for women's ministry, it goes to Cindy. If you sign up for worship or, or whatever, it goes to Jonathan. If you sign up for men's ministry, it goes to me. If you sign up for et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. If you sign up for missions, it goes to Dale, and then they contact you. Okay, and if they don't contact you, you call me and I say, hey, why don't you, uh, you call this person? And we get to the bottom of it, okay? Four committees specifically aimed at taking care of a good chunk of our congregation, making sure that our missionaries are taken care of, making sure that our people are taken care of, making sure that we are praying together, and making sure that we have the opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, to make sure that, um, I, missed, I missed what I was going to say, uh, to make sure that our people are relationally connecting together. That's huge for our elder board, and that's what we talk about. Now, I get this a lot. <clears throat> Jordan, what do you do f- Sunday to Sunday? Not a lot. I only work one day a week. So that's fun. Uh, my responsibilities at the church are very simple but very complex. First thing is, uh, what I do is, I take care of the men's ministry, and I take care of strategic planning as well as teaching. And making sure that teachers are taken care of. It was interesting. <clears throat> we're doing this fight study by Craig Groeschel. And two questions were asked. And I appreciate Jason Yoder stepping up and teaching this class. 
Two questions were asked. What is the cause that you're fighting for? And why are you fighting for that cause? I have a huge passion for the men of our church. I have a huge passion for the men of our church. And I don't know if you know this, but our men's ministry has taken off a little bit. Have you seen it? I know our women have seen it. We do a couple of things that are a little bit unorthodox. But we're at the place right now where every single week there's something offered for a man in the church. Because let's backtrack a little bit and let me give you some church history. What happened was the church used to be a very manly place. Did you know that? Guys used to come and some of the biggest theologians that ever existed used to drink alcohol and smoke cigars. Did you know that? Some of the guys that you read that are these ancient guys used to sit down together and have a beer together and they used to smoke pipes together and used to do that. Now, I'm not condoning that activity, so don't go off and say, well, Jordan said I can drink some beer and smoke a cigar. I never said that because it's damaging to your health and I would say be careful with that. But this place was a place that was very, very masculine. Then all of a sudden, we went off to war. Many of our guys have fought in some of those wars who are sitting in our congregation right now. And as they went off to war, pastors were left with the responsibility of taking care of women and children. And so a lot of what happened in the church turned from very masculine into very feminine. Because they didn't have any other choice. If you were to look out in a normal congregation, all the men are at war and all the women are, are, are left there to kind of fend for themselves. And so as this kind of took place and as this kind of happened, what, 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 what happened was all this stuff kind of transpired. And then the guys came home from war and they realized that their churches that were very masculine weren't very masculine anymore. And so what happened is they started checking out and going the other way. And they says, we don't want to go to church anymore. Because it's a very feminine place. And we've had the struggle ever since to get back to church being a masculine thing. I believe with all my heart that guys are called to lead. And not only should they lead, they should lead well. Now, I don't think that it's wrong to say that a woman shouldn't lead, because a woman should lead. But the Bible specifically says that the man is the leader of the household. And that's my goal, is to get men back to be a leader of their household. So we do things a little bit unorthodox. But if you were to look at it, there's a couple of things that happen in men's ministry. We do uh, the Living Sacrifice Lounge, which is a closed group of guys who are walking through 20 principles the first Thursday of every month. We already started that. You can't come. And you're like, why can't I come? Because you can't. You can come in August. You missed it. But you can come to some other stuff. We meet together on Saturday mornings. Second and fourth Saturday of every morning, we go through a book together, 6.30 in the morning. Why do we do things at 10 o'clock and 6.30 in the morning? Because, guys, we don't have a lot of time that we can contribute to that. And then we're going to start to do something that's in the New Testament. We're going to eat together. And we're not just going to eat together. We're going to eat some meat together. Amen? A little shot in the arm on the third Thursday of the month. We do all these things specifically to point the guy back to leading his family and leading them well. That's our whole aim. That's our whole goal. When we look at teaching ministry, the nine o'clock hour is a teaching ministry. 
This is a teaching ministry. And so what we want to teach is, at Community Gospel Church, is how to make Christ known both near and far. Well, how do we do that? We teach the Bible. We teach things that are relevant to your everyday life, and we make sure that you know them and that you understand them. We make sure that you get it. We want to have a balance between knowledge, places that you learn, and doing places that you go and you participate. As we strategically plan, we look at this and we realize how important it is to make sure that everything that we do is pointing back to making Christ known both near and far. If it doesn't happen, then we don't do it. We strategically placed Cindy this year to run two of our biggest ministries at the church. These two areas make up 70% of our congregation. You can go to the next slide because you're way behind. We look at it and we realize that our children's program is something that is so important to our congregation. We have so many kids that it's so vital that we focus on these two areas, which is women's and children's. It's absolutely necessary for us to build a children's program that will make sure that our kids are learning God's word in a tangible way and making sure that parents have the opportunity to be equipped to teach their children in those applicable ways. We've had so many successes in children's ministries. We've had so many things that have happened in children's ministries that it only made sense to make sure that we're strategically focused on these two areas, putting Cindy in charge of these two areas. We saw this just the past weekend where women have been connecting with each other, where there's been messages that have been relevant to their everyday life. We've seen women come together like the men are coming together. We've seen homes that are being restored. We see relationships that are being restored. We see friendships that are being restored. We see kids that are making decisions to follow Jesus Christ. We see fathers who are baptizing their children. We see all of these things that are happening, and it just makes sense to make sure that people are strategically focused on small things so that they can do a few things with excellence and not 20 things good. That's our whole point. See, if you look at your slip, we don't want you to sign up for every single thing that's on the list. We want you to sign up for just a couple of things or or maybe one thing and do that with excellence. Make Christ known with excellence in that area. That's the whole goal. That's the whole point. So if you look at our staff, we're pointed in a direction where we're making Christ known and putting all of our efforts and all of our abilities into those areas. That's the whole reason why we put Jonathan in charge of worship ministry. So he has the responsibilities of leading life groups. He has the responsibility of making sure that we're singing songs. He's going to release an album someday. I don't know. He keeps telling me it's going to come out and it never comes out. So whatever. But we look at this and we realize that he's pointing us back to the scriptures when we sing. He's pointing us back to the relationships that need to take place and He's an okay speaker, so he needs to be in the pulpit a little bit more, too. Jonathan's a very heavy guy on explanation, and I'm a very heavy guy on application, so there's a good balance between us. We were laughing the other day in the elder board meetings because elders dream big. We say, hey, we should do this. We should, we should, we should cover the church in gold. I don't know. We just come up with some weird ideas. And the deacons look at us and say, we don't really have the money to do the church in gold. We can reside it and put a roof on it. See, because the elders are the dreamers of the church and the deacons are the guys that make sure we're grounded. The committees in the church are the arms and the feet. 
And our staff members are the heart. And each and every single one of them are making sure that all of us are pointing back to making Christ known both near and far. That's our whole goal. That's the reason why we have a worship ministry. That's the reason why we have small groups that we call life groups. That's the reason we have children's ministry. That's the reason we have men's ministry. That's the reason why we have a women's ministry. And we want to do things with excellence, not 20 things that are done just well. So where are we going? What does that look like for us? Let me talk to you uh, just a, a second. I know I forgot Devin, but a lot of what he's doing right now <clears throat> is making sure that they're pointed. He's still getting his feet wet. Him and I are still walking through mentoring. He's still making sure that college and students are m- making Christ known and what that looks like. And he hasn't been with us a whole long time. So a lot of what he is communicating is still being formulated. And I'd ask that you be patient with him because when I started in youth ministry, somebody was patient with me. <laughs> and it's crucial to be patient with not only Devin, but Jonathan and Cindy and myself as we continue to formulate and we continue to mold more into our relationship with Jesus Christ. What's in store for the future for us as a church? Can I dream with you for a second? I desperately, desperately, desperately want to see us as a congregation build more Bible-teaching churches. It is a passion on my heart, and I get extremely nervous when I see pastors who step into a pulpit and don't say, open your Bible too. I believe that the Bible-teaching church is dying. I believe that men are failing at leading, and I believe that we're becoming soft but not Community Gospel Church. Something is happening in our church that is causing people to look at us and ask us to come into their community. Something is taking place, much like what took place in the early church, where the gospel is spreading, where it's moving and it's formulating, where people are desperate to understand. Why does your church look different than my church? Why does your church look different than a church I know of? That's a good question. I plan on being here a long time. And I would like to see Community Gospel Church multiply. I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know if that means that our children's ministries and our small groups are set up in locations because I know the idea of a bus ministry is long gone unless you want to pay like millions of dollars in insurance. (laughs) I don't know what that looks like for our congregation in regards to us meeting in different locations. I don't know what that means for us as a congregation if we're going to continue to meet together as a whole. I I don't know, but I want to explore it. I want to expand our reach because I feel like God's laid that on my heart. I feel like God is telling us as a congregation to make Christ known in this area. And as elders and deacons and leaders and staff, 
We're committing 2014 to really, truly praying about that. We had a conversation with somebody just a little bit ago, and they said, Jordan, I'm realizing that my neighbor needs Jesus Christ. I'm realizing that it's my responsibility to get out of my house and walk across the road and tell them about Jesus Christ. If that is a passion of our congregation, then we need to figure out how to do that. We need to figure out how to reach South Bend and Mishawaka and LaVille and Bremen and Wyatt. We need to figure out how to reach Napanee and Indianapolis. We need to figure that out. And that's where we're going in 2014. We're on a quest to figure out these things. We're on a quest to figure out how we can continue to push the dominoes and watch that momentum move because it's moving. It was amazing last week to log on to a computer, deliver a sermon that I've already delivered and have people literally from all over the United States plug in and be hungry for the teaching of the word. I don't know what that means for us as a church, but I want to explore it. I want to explore what will look like making Christ known as we reach to the people who need him the most. And we'll commit ourselves to praying for that. We'll commit ourselves to being willing to conform ourselves more to the image of Jesus Christ. And we'll continue to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is known no matter how offensive it may come across. Because even when we communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ, people have the opportunity to respond in faith. And we know that each and every single person in this room is selected and appointed for a specific task. And our whole goal is to equip you to do that task as we work together for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, making sure that his son is known both near and far. Let's pray together. Lord God, there's so many things that we have done for your kingdom. In the past, God, there's so many things that we have explored. And I love our older congregation, God, because what they did was they weren't afraid to roll the dice when they started Community Gospel Church. They weren't afraid to make your son known both near and far, no matter whatever the cost was. And God, we do so many things with excellence. There's so many people here who are so gifted. I thank you for Jonathan and for Cindy and for Devin and for for Mark and for Annette and all these people that we have employed here. And, And God, even above all that, I thank you for the congregation who is sitting in front of us, who have committed to participating in making Jesus Christ known both near and far, who serve diligently, who work full-time jobs and still come and and serve and, and come and participate in making sure that we're making a clear path for people. God, we understand that history has an opportunity to repeat itself. And we want to have the same tenacity as that congregation that first started Community Gospel Church to make your son Jesus Christ known both near and far. We want to have the same fire beneath us 
So we ask uh, very openly, God, would you make the resources available to us? Would you open up our doors, no matter where that would be, that people would flood in to hear your word being preached? God, we can't do it by ourselves. Lord Jesus, if you call us to go, we want to go. If you call us to stay, we want to stay. God, I I pray specifically for our elders and our deacons as they continue to dream about what it really truly means to have a global reach. We don't always have the answers, God, but you do. And so we diligently seek you as a congregation to reveal those answers very clearly and very openly and very honestly. And we ask that we would participate in your plan. We know, God, that you want us to do something for your son. And we want you to reveal that to us. And so, Father God, may we continue in 2014 to keep knocking it out of the park. May we continue to see people come to know you as Lord and Savior. May we continue to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May we continue to equip people as missionaries to go out into the ends of the world, whether that be near or far. And may we continue to anoint people here for a specific task. Father God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to the people right now. That everybody in this congregation, I believe in faith, that everybody in this congregation would fill out that slip. That they would take the time to say, I want to get involved. I want to be a part of making Jesus Christ known both near and far. God, as we take some time, speak to our hearts. Allow us to participate in your awesome plan for Community Gospel Church. Let us serve without reservation and restore into us what it means to have the joy of our salvation. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.